0: each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey there. Welcome to today's episode where you just prepare yourself to laugh, Okay. That's all I can say. This was an hour-long conversation that uh, much of the time was spent with me laughing. And it was actually a longer conversation. I think we had to edit out about 20 minutes of me laughing. (laughs) So this interview is with Michelle and Angel, who are best friends and have been for 20-plus years. They live in Fort Collins, Colorado. They specialize in mid-century modern houses, which, and I wish we had some of those in Austin. I think we might have seven. Uh, I wish we had some more. And this is their story of their first flip. They, you know, were told all the things about, all the negative things about doing this venture together and how they were going to ruin their friendship And it was just all going to be ruined, right? (laughs) And it just wasn't. Here's the thing. Sometimes other people are wrong. Sometimes the naysayers have no freaking clue what they're talking about. And by sometimes, I mean 99.999% of the time. Usually if somebody is hating on something, it's coming from a place of fear or jealousy or insecurity. It has nothing to do with you just as an aside here. (laughs) Anyway, you'll love how they balance each other and how they delegate, not just amongst each other, but to other people. And Michelle's portion of the profit they made in just 19 weeks on one single project was what she was making in an entire year as an educator. And she did it doing something she loves with so much more flexibility and time freedom. We're going to hear about their challenges with their contractor initially. We'll hear lots of fun stories, all right? You'll learn, you'll laugh, and... You'll certainly fall in love with these two. All right, let's jump in. Let's just do a little intro. Each of you, kind of telling a little bit about your background, like where you are, and how long have y'all been best friends, and all of that.
1: I'm curious.
2: Okay, you,
1: you can see to start? Yeah. Okay, I'm Angel, and I don't even know where to start. Our history is so long. So Michelle and I met in 1997 in our So we're both out of staters. We went to CSU and they put all the out of staters on one floor in the dorm that we lived in. And we found out we were both from Nebraska. We grew up two and a half hours from each other the whole time. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, we've known each other for a hundred years and I mostly stayed in Fort Collins with like a weird stent in Cheyenne. Wyoming to work and then came back. And my husband and I have been in Fort Collins mostly since 98. Okay. And Michelle was going all over the world. And I kept saying, you should probably just live in Fort Collins. During the pandemic, um, she had a new baby. And I was like, hey, this house on my cul de sac's going to be coming for sale. And they bought it and moved. Oh my God, y'all are cul de sac neighbors. Yeah. So we're best friends, neighbors, and business partners. Nothing can go wrong. No yeah, pressure. And <laughs> our houses, our houses are identical, but mirror images. So, wise. so I'm always disoriented in her house because I'm like, the bathroom should be on the right, not on the left.
2: And well, I don't know, but so I'm Michelle yeah. and, um, yeah, so after Angel and I met, we all we always were in touch, and it didn't really matter where we were, but yeah, my background, I studied international studies in Spanish, and then went to work in higher education in the study abroad world, Got so you. I, yeah, I was all over the U.S. for a few years. I lived in Austin for a few months, um, and then I moved overseas to Spain for a couple of years, um, and then when I came back to the States, did grad school and, and all of that. And so it's been mostly yeah in higher ed for 20 years. Um, wow. Left that field a few years ago, mostly because I had a chronic health issue, chronic migraines that kept me from being able to work anymore. So I kind of became a um, kind of unwilling stay-at-home mom. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I was kind of in that space of, you know, being home and then, um, having a pandemic baby and then two older kids in elementary school with homeschooling. And it was just kind of, you know, the pandemic disaster that so many other women around the world experienced too. And, and men, um, so it was, yeah, at a time when I moved up here and I was really struggling with what am I going to do next? I want to do something totally different. And we just kind of had a heart to heart where I was like, it just finally, I was like, what I really want to do is flip houses. Cause I'm one of those people that I like watch HGTV in my spare time. And I'm on Pinterest in my spare time. And like, I'm a very visual person and, um, I love tweaking my own house and I've always renovated my own homes that we've lived in. And, um, and then to my shock, she was like, I've always wanted to do that too. Um, and she actually had had a little staging business up in cheyenne during her short stint there and oh, for a cool. second <laughs> like 10 seconds 10 had second. a
1: staging business because I also renovated my own houses okay. when i lived in them and, and made a huge profit on my first little starter home and sold it a second before the recession oh man just just like, well oh, just right before so that was real lucky um but my background is retail management career counseling hr to um being one of the first people in the united states to open a co-working space awesome back in 2010 yeah. so i've owned and run my co-working space in fort collins for coming up on 12 years now and so right as michelle is moving in next door and having her own like career moment I'm watching my business die on the vine because my whole business model is how do I pack as many people as possible in the smallest square footage (laughs) and hang out and laugh and have potlucks and eat together like we literally went from like sharing food to the shutdown yeah it was like hey are you gonna finish your coffee I'll I'll drink that for you (laughs) that was like unconscionable oblivious (laughs) like Yeah. So we go into the shutdown and my revenue was cut in half. Holy cow. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. Where it was just like, Hey, um, I need a little bit of rent abatement on my super big commercial building in downtown Fort Collins. And they were super great. And we managed to patch it up. But as Michelle's having like her career moment, I'm watching my business die and I'm like, I have no other skills. I've been doing this. The whole time, I don't know. And so, when she was like, "I want to flip houses," and I was like, "Of course you do." So why? Right. And yeah, we're like, of course, let's become real estate agents." And yeah. so we went to school for that, which was awful. Oh no! And got our licenses, and then of course, like right as I'm getting my license, like my cohere's coming back. So we're like flipping a house. And Cohere is back. And I'm like, great. Now I have three full-time jobs instead of none. Um, well, I'm glad that your co-working
0: space is coming back. I've actually been thinking about that. I I joined a co-working space in like 2011, maybe. Uh, yeah, 2010, 2011. And it was one of the first ones over here. And I needed to get out. Like I was yeah. not being social at all. And I just needed to get out. This was when I was actually more social. And and I've been wondering about her and how she's doing. Because I only like I, I did it for maybe like who, a who year. Was it? I bet I know her. I'm sure you do too. I can't like I am having a 45-year-old moment right now. I cannot for the life of me.
2: It'll come to you in the middle of the night tonight or a week from now. Do you remember <laughs> the name of the space? She actually has two. Was it link? She, yes.
1: Link co-working. Liz, Liz, thank you. I was like, it's short. I know it's a short name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've known Liz since forever. So I used to come to Austin for South by Southwest for co-working stuff. Got it. And I present, like I did the South by Southwest Ignite presentation on the four futures of co-working. And like, then I was down there later with, um, for the music scene for like this rehearsal space that I owned. That's so cool. Yeah, I was always down at South by Southwest, like in some pedicab on my way to some <laughs> event. <Like. laughs> oh god, that's hilarious. Um, I love how small the world really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Is, does she still own Link? Is she still No, she sold hers to Common Desk. Okay. So. That's
0: it. Yep. That's the okay. Thanks. Yep. All right. Now, now that I've come full circle on that. I feel closure there. Okay. Now let's talk about the flip. So we've got some background on y'all and now we're going into your first flip. And how did you, how did you find it?
2: So uh, this one, I think I was just scrolling through Zillow and it was a for sale by owner. And um, yeah, just picked up the phone and called him and he answered and we had a conversation and we set up a time to come by and was it the same day? Um, yeah, it, it was, was very much like... Uh, come on, guys. We're just over here doing repairs. You know, like they were actively just working on it. No, um, I was done because I was like, no, we have to finish Debbie's
1: modules before we can look at houses. And like, we finished them. And 10 seconds later, Michelle's like, there's a for sale by owner. We have an appointment. <laughs> yeah, but it was an older couple from Colorado Springs had this as a rental for years for their kids and other college kids. And they were there for the weekend trying to repair it to, well, it was on the market. It was on the market as a Fisbo, but um, they were exhausted. You could just tell they
2: were, they were sleeping on an air mattress on the floor and like had, you know, tools everywhere. And yeah, I mean, I just, I think I mean, they knew they wanted to sell it, and it could just—we could see the exhaustion on their faces. So, um, it, I mean, we it, honestly, our first impression of it was really positive. I mean, it—it it looked very well maintained, had beautiful hardwood floors, and so we—and it was exactly we were really wanting to do mid-century ranches, yeah. and it was exactly a mid-century ranch.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, and so we gave them an offer and went under contract. And this is, keep in mind, we had <clears throat> just gotten our real estate licenses, just signed on with a brokerage. Like five seconds before. <laughs> no idea what we're doing. And it's a for sale by owner with no agent on the other side to hold Angel's hand. Right. As she's navigating all the 1992 database. <laughs> That is the realtor world. Oh, it's that so.
1: It is in 1992. The, does. the
2: software that's propping up the
1: real estate industry <laughs> is frightening, <laughs> an apocalyptic nightmare world from 1993. Yeah, it's like if Visual Basic had a baby with like DOS. DOS. DOS.
2: <laughs> anyway, so. It was kind of, it We really felt like we were drinking from a fire hose and like putting, like just trying to figure out every micro step along the way of just even the mechanics of the contract and like the deadlines and, and negotiating, right. Because we have an inspection and we find that, um, it's really just like a rental, like little, you know, all the toilets are just a little loose and leaking and, you know, like the sink is a little loose and leaking and the dishwasher actually is leaking profusely. And it was death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. I I mean, it was beautiful in a lot of ways. We ended up doing a little bit of negotiating after the fact too, just because we were seeing our repair budget creep up because of, you know, the repairs that were needed to be made. And, and I think we, we landed at a place, that we both, I mean, we we came to a place where we agreed on the price, which was, do you want to talk price now? Do you want to talk price? Yep. Um, so we originally they had posted it on Zillow for four thirty. Okay. We, we offered them four hundred. Okay. Um, the comps nearby were averaging about three eighty five oh. in similar condition. Um, So. We had our inspection and kind of found all that stuff. And so we went back to them with, with kind of that list and, and we did, they, there was a little bit of like them wanting to do some, continue repairing it. I think on his behalf and her behalf being like, I'm so tired, let's be done with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of trying to navigate that, but ultimately we agreed on 377.5. Okay. So you go
0: back, you negotiate and you come to three. 77.5, 77.5, and everyone's feeling good about it.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, we're peeing our pants like secretly. <laughs> Everything, Everything is fine. fine. Everything is fine. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely calmly managing a, a three-week close as a brand new agent.
0: Um, okay. So what is your rehab budget at this point? Like what what are you thinking is happening? Um,
2: so I think. We had kind of, we were between 80 and a hundred when we first took the project. And I think we were right around a hundred when we kind of solidified our, that number that we offered. So okay. yeah, it was, it was right around a hundred.
0: Okay. All right. So you've got 377.5 for the purchase. You've got a hundred thousand dollars in repairs. How on earth are you financing this?
1: Yeah. So we We stumbled across what is apparently the the best hard money lender terms wise, because we keep calling hard money lenders and even they're like, oh, the another guy is giving you a way better rate, (laughs) Like you should just stay with him. Um, Yeah. So I don't know how we
2: managed to luck out in that regard. We called like two or three and they were one of the two or three that we called. So,
1: yeah. So we had a mixture of hard money and private money. Okay. And it it was fine and, and it worked out. Yeah. So the crazy thing though, we had a, we had a hard closing day because we found out two hours before closing that our hard money lender doesn't allow people in second position. And we had put the private money lender in second position and we had a signed promissory note and a signed deed of trust. And I'm finding out that That they won't allow it, and so we had to decollateralize the loan and incinerate the deed of trust, promissory note from the earth. You you don't want like a random deed of trust floating around, right? Right. So we changed it to be a general business loan to the perfect.
0: Okay, so you get into it. What did your okay renovation wise? You had in mind what was going to happen. Where are there surprises?
2: Really, so many. Probably. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of nature of. Well, we will. We are really focused on mid-century homes, so we're looking at old houses with old wiring and sometimes old plumbing, and sometimes you know, what are they like clay sewer pipes from whenever and asbestos, lead like all give us,
1: all the contaminants.
2: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. I love those. Yeah.
0: So what did your, what were some of the big surprises rehab wise that you were like, oh crap, this is like way more than I thought it was going to be.
1: If you, if you kept them to just a, a naming a couple. <laughs> okay. So the first, um, sorry, I use, I'm using GC in quotes. Cause he he used to be a GC and isn't anymore. And I mean question if he ever was, but, um, it, it seemed great for a second. And then the moment we were at the house, like signing the first contract with him, we were both kind of like, um, uh," and we had a 10 week renovation timeline when we're standing in that house with him. And so we made all the the mistakes that everybody has to make.
2: We ignored a lot of red flags and put up with it for too long. And, you know, you've heard that story so many times.
1: It was like a box of red flags clearly labeled and we're like, no, we're going to hire it anyway, just to see what happens. Yeah. You never know. You never know.
2: And
1: so that culminated in um, him bringing in somebody to tile our two shower tub things And then even, I think the biggest surprise for me in this process is I don't have a construction background. I don't have any skills. I've never tiled anything. I've never framed anything. I don't know anything. But I would look at something and be like, I don't think that that's supposed to look like that. And I'd be like, I'm not supposed to be the smartest person in the room right now. How do I have the solution to this construction problem? And this guy doesn't. This isn't right. This is against the law of nature. Yeah. And so we ended up having, well, we fired the crew and we ended up having to demo and retile both.
2: Oh shutters. man! Thank God we did. Thank God. we. He had actually finished one of them. So we didn't know how bad it was. I mean, oh. we knew how bad it was just from visually looking at it, but <laughs> it would have been disastrous if we had sold the house oh, God. as it was tiled. It would have oh. been like, a quick disaster, too. Oh, God. Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, not... There was no... Um, they built, a like, a shampoo niche out of just, like, drywall. Oh, gosh. Like, the backside of the drywall. No, there that was is- no drywall.
2: There was a piece of tile stuck to a two-by-four twist-up. What? That was the problem. Yeah, like... And so, like, there's so many things to this day I will always wonder. So, the Tyler was the son of the guy we hired. And I don't know if the son was that bad at his job or if he was doing it on purpose. Cause the guy who ripped it out said, it looks so bad. It looks purposefully bad. Oh my gosh. Like, and well, so we'll never know if that's what was happening. Cause we also heard later from other subs, our flooring guy, that they were shouting at each other a lot. And like, we'll never know exactly what was happening there, but thank God we found some really skilled talented, trustworthy people who were reliable, who could save us from, that. um, and thank God, like we had a buffer and thank God we had an extra tile <laughs> for so many like silver linings. Yeah. And every, I mean, really our mantra through this whole thing was we are learning so much. Every day, yeah. Especially the hardest days, we would end with "We are learning so much." Yeah, yes. Kind
1: of a strained, like panicky. Yeah. (laughs) We're learning so much. (laughs) I I remember this is my favorite memory. So we (laughs) tore the carpet off of the stairs to discover the stairs were hardwood, but like not like savable. Um, And we're trying to save money at every turn, right? And there's all the little staples in the stairs from the carpet. And we're pulling them out like with Uh needle nose pliers and whatever else we would pliers or whatever. And I'm like at the bottom of the stairs and these muscles in my, my muscles are like cramping. And I know that the next day I'm not going to have any pinching. And I'm just like really mad that I'm doing that. And Michelle looks, she didn't look at me. She's just like doing the work above me. And she goes, Just, I just want you to know that I'm living my best life right now. And I was like, "Are you serious?" And she's like, "Yeah, I am. This is my best life." And I'm like, "I'm murderous." (laughs) And you're having like an Oprah moment. And we're doing the same task. How is this happening right now? (laughs) Oh my god! Makes my stomach cramp from laughing.
2: Just one example of the yin and the yang that we are. (laughs) Yeah,
1: every time, every time she has this analogy where, like, I would be spinning out. I spun out of control on the ARV 17 different times, where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I know nothing. I'm an infant. I have zero skills. I know nothing. I know nothing. And she would just be like, I'm just going to hold the rope for you while you're on the edge what do you need? How can I support you? Oh, and then the next day it would be like, you know, she's having a contractor delay, whatever. And be like, I'll just hold your rope for you. And then I would
2: spin out for a while. Like, right. I
1: love it. <laughs> oh God. We need somebody
0: to
2: hold our ropes. I love that. <laughs> totally. And I can't tell you how many times we have both said to each other, when we're in this group, when we see all these women who are working full-time jobs, single moms, and doing all this alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's been, for us, like, again, again, and again, she's doing all the crap I would hate to do. Right. I'm doing right. all the crap she would hate to do. And the few things that we both hate to do so yeah. far, what we've been able to hire out? Yeah, exactly. Or we have intentions to hire out. Or yes. we do
1: them together, and one yeah. of us is murderous, and the other one is living <laughs> our best life. <laughs> or that, I'm still mad about that. (laughs) (laughs) She's still mad.
0: Oh god, that's amazing. Okay, well, wait a second. How far into the contractor? Okay, like how many weeks into did you fire the the original contractor? probably
2: four or five i would say
1: well so on on the calendar we're halfway into the renovation right in terms of work done we're 5% of the way that i uh-huh. mean demo
2: was done okay okay Mostly.
1: okay so you'd figure out right we got to get rid of this
0: person this is not this is clearly not working mm-hmm. and
1: were there any issues with that like was he combative that was this was the opposite of the stair pulling. So Michelle's so mad because she's been raging uh-huh. about this situation for weeks while I'm like happily off doing something else. <laughs> Living your best life. And and so she's like, I think we should both be there to to let him go and get the lean waiver and whatever. I'm like, cool, cool. And so we go and she's so angry, she's shaking. Mm-hmm and has to leave I think you had a baby strapped to you that day yeah so yep. she's got a toddler strapped to her
2: chest I love it firing this guy mm-hmm. and she's well just, I mean he had already been so I had asked him to stop work already and they had already packed up and left so that part had been done this was just kind of our there's <laughs> like the paperwork exchange and, you know what money some. it was like you know, the thing.
1: And he was pushing back a little bit and Michelle wasn't having any of it. So she had, she just left. Oh, so and, I, and so I was like, okay, cool. I'll like just get the check written and get the paperwork exchanged and, and this will be fine. But one of the things that's most important to me is like my reputation and that people think favorably of me and my <laughs> businesses. And so I'm just like, I got to figure out, like, I got to figure out how to make this okay. Cause I'm going to run into this guy at King right. Supers in like two weeks right. or something. <laughs> And so I'm like on the, sitting on the floor, writing his check and whatever. And then he goes, Oh, I wanted to tell you that you remember how you told me I wasn't charging enough for my sewer scopes. And and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like most people charge this. He's like, yeah, I raised my prices and I'm making so much more money now. Thank you so much for that. And I was like, "His career development, like (laughs) background. I'm just like, you need to charge what you're worth, honey. And and so he ended up like that was kind of the silver lining was that he was making more money doing
2: so something. Good. that well, he, he wasn't was... doing our work. He was
1: <laughs> and so then I, so we had like a pretty like peaceful parting with each other, like very much like, cool, cool, like, hey, knuckles. I never want to
2: see you again, but <laughs> this has been great. I think also, I had, um, I don't know if I had, I think I had started telling her some of the level of horror of what was being found. And she had just been like, stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't hear it. So there was a little bit more of a, she had a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. 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 I think that's good.
0: Yeah. I think that's good. Uh uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Somebody, somebody clearly needed to handle that situation and it wasn't going to be Michelle. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we had come to an agreement, like, The discussions were at an end and we were at a point where like she said, she was writing a check and it was just kind of us standing around awkwardly. And that's when I'm like, okay, I got a baby. I'm out of here. Um, Yeah. So that was, I mean, that was hard. Firing people is never easy. I mean, I've, I haven't done it a lot, but the handful of times I've had to, it's just been pretty awful. There's nothing good about it. It is awful. It is awful. And that's why we put it
0: off and put it off and put it off until we've, had it over our limit and then we exploded yeah yeah right okay how did you find the
2: replacement contractor well it ended up being that i was just gc and we just worked with subs yeah yeah and did you enjoy that yeah and we were kind of already in that scenario because his scope okay. of work was not the whole project okay he later admitted he pro- he just took on too much of the project that he should not have um, and, you know, I think that was a moment of honesty that I appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, from then on, yeah, we were able to sub everything out. Perfect. It was kind of in fits and starts and we found some really great gems along the way and some ones that we will never use again, but, you know, felt like a win that we have a handful of folks that now we rely on and we're, you know, continue to work with as we're looking at other properties. So
0: totally. Yeah. Yeah. Will you do it that way moving forward, basically
2: subbing things out? I think it'll depend on the project. Um, We live in a city with some of the tightest regulations I've ever experienced, just even as a a citizen resident. Uh Um, A lot of the city's regulations are what most people would have if they're in an HOA. Okay, Um, And so that also goes along to permitting and that kind of stuff. So you have to have a GC who's licensed in our city and to do that, they have to have done a lot of work. And so it's, it's, it's hard to get the permits as an investor owner and not a resident owner. Oh, scenario. so a lot of the times, if we're just needing permits for the electrical or plumbing, then our electrician or our plumber can pull that. But if yeah. we needed a larger permit, um, we would need to have a licensed GC in our city to do that work.
0: Got it. Okay, so the the big construction hiccup was the first guy. What's the first? Okay. All right. So what did your, you had a hundred thousand. What did you guys end up spending on the rehab? 100,000.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, so when we, when we did the estimate, we literally shopped and put everything in a spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and kept a tally. So we knew like, the doorknobs we want are $12 yeah. or yeah. whatever it was. So That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, well, I think we had I mean, we used the buffer, right? Cuz the spreadsheet had the buffer, so that was including our buffer.
0: Yes. Was a
2: 100,000. Thank
0: goodness for that buffer, man.
2: Yeah. It's a lifesaver. Okay. So
0: What was the time frame? Was it still around 10 weeks?
2: Or did it, no. So um, I think we were, so... I feel like at the beginning we were talking 10 to 12 or maybe uh-huh. 14 at the most. Um, we ended up at 17 from okay. closing on the purchase to listing. Okay. 17 weeks. Mm-hmm. And we had significant delays with our windows. That was our oh, yeah. supply okay. chain yeah. pickup yes yes project.
0: Yeah. Windows are still being uh, a little bit difficult. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. So that was a lot. How long did it take for you guys to get your windows? Well, we never did.
2: Um, They never came. Like they're like, so what? What? Well, so we had to get creative. Um, We were actually able to on the ups. It's a little ranch, right? So it's not a lot of windows. First, I think it was eleven. The slider was standard. Mm Two or three of the windows as is were already standard sizes. And then the other two could, like they were within the framing allowances to fit a standard size window. So we were able to shop for all the main floor windows except one, but it had already been, it was the newest window in the house just by chance. Okay. The basement little, so it's a basement ranch. They have those little tiny windows we couldn't find anywhere. Uh Uh-huh. And Angel finds these glass block windows with That's this right. weird little vent in the middle. And I'm initially horrified. Horrified.
1: I'm like, no, these are cool. Like, just you got to trust me. But I'm not the design one. Like, <laughs> I'm For the whole Cypress project, I picked the peacock wallpaper <laughs> And what else? Did I... The tile, the green tile, the green hex tile, and the and the glass block windows. So I did one percent of the project. So as you can imagine, when I'm bringing this like super weird window to Michelle, she's just like, "There's no way I'm putting that window in my home." Well, it wasn't that bad. I was.
2: It was kind of more like, "Well, if we have to, I like, yes, I mean, it'll fit. it's Like the windows in the basement were so bad. they were all broken, like craft glass. So we were having some of our contractors just be like, well, why don't you just leave those and put in the notes? Like, we'll replace them when they come. And we're like, not yeah. at this price point, buddy.
1: Like, just put up a sign. Just put up a sign saying the new windows are coming. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got glass black windows, which was hilarious because Michelle gave me very... Here's another theme of our company. Michelle and I are on top of our craft. Like, we are type A, A students, perfectionist, you name it, we've got it on the DSM for like psychological handbook. She gives me these really specific specs of the basement windows that we need. And so I go to the internet cause I can find anything I need on the internet. And I find these glass box windows and I send her the link. I'm like, these are the ones. And, and then she's like, okay, I'm gonna order them. And I was like, well, just run by the window guy. And he's like, no, no, you need this other one. And we ordered them. And then he waited a week to pick them up. And he opened them and says, these are the wrong size. And I'm like, what was the right size? The ones I originally sent? Yeah, sorry. I just uh, didn't realize. So we had to wait another 10 days for them to come in. And then another delay to have them installed and get them trimmed out and get them called and get them painted and... And I'm, I'm still mad yeah. that I, I, again, as the non-construction person, I had the correct size right and the construction guy
2: second-guessed me and messed it up,
1: but they looked awesome. They did. A lot of
2: people loved that. It ended up being like one of the highlights that people had mentioned that they loved about the design were the basement
0: windows. Okay. So it came in at budget. Uh, when you purchased the house, what were you thinking the ARV was going to be?
2: This is where I spiral
1: into the pit of despair over and over again for 17 weeks because there were no comps. We were the first proper flip in the whole square mile quadrant. Got it. And so I had to pull comps from across major roads, which like a major road for us is just, you know, one of the double line, two lane roads is not like a highway or something. But we had um one that we felt was a stretch comp at six oh one. We had one at five eighty two, which we felt like, you know, that's a, a little bit of a stretch because we it had some features that we knew we weren't gonna have. And we had another one at like five fifty or something. And so I was like, okay, I'll just it must've been lower than that. Cause I was like, I'll just average the three comps and we landed at five forty-nine. and the whole time I'm just awake all night because I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And so one day I, one day I'd be like this, this house is worth $3. We're going to get $3 for it. And then 12 hours later, I would, something would happen with the data or something. I'd be like, I want $7 million for this house. When it's done, and it was just going back and Thank forth mom. and back and forth, and so totally. then we got it staged, and we brought in the the twins who also joined the program, yeah, And we're like, because they've been realtors forever, so we're like, can you just lay eyes on this thing and let us know what you listed at? And then we brought my realtor in, who's been at this forever, and we brought him in, and everybody was like, it's five fifty. This house is five fifty, and I never shared my ARV because I didn't want. To skew them and I was like, Oh my god, I did it. Like <laughs> within a thousand dollars, I that's did pretty, it. Yeah, that's pretty. Impressive. And so we listed it at 550. And we felt really and we're like, if we get awesome. if we get 550 for this, we made a little bit of profit yeah. and we learned so much. Learned so much. So learned much. so much. <laughs>
0: Michelle had the time of her life. She was living her best life. Living her best life. Living her best life on the stairs. Okay, so you put it on. Tell me what happened after you put it on the market. Let's talk. Let's talk about what happened after
2: you
1: put it on the market. I I made so many mistakes.
2: Well, let's talk about the open house first. Okay. So because that was a part of the process that I had very little interest or desire to do or whatever. Well, and people are even
1: our mentor was like, you don't do an open house. You hire some other agent to sit in your open house and spend that time. I don't want you know I don't want to spend that time.
2: Well, we also because when we were interviewing brokerages like everything was shut down. Nobody was doing open house. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The message we got oh, was you. it's really not worth it. You're just yeah. taking up hours that people could be booking for showings. Right. You know, that was kind of the vibe well, I was picking
0: up. Right. And that's the thing, like historically an open house is where newer agents go. They hold the listing open for the listing agent and that newer agent gets buyer leads historically speaking, that's the point of an open house. It's not to sell the house.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, but we, she had a different mindset because this was like our debut as a business. Right. Totally. She's very well connected and she's a people person. So yeah. 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 She was pushing for the open house. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't think that the open house is going to sell the house,
1: but I think it's an important PR moment for us as a, as a business couple. And as, cause you know, flippers have a bad, rap in our town and every even contractors we met like oh you're flippers so you just want me to like lipstick it and charge you the least amount of money ever and I'm like no oh my god no exactly yeah yeah so I wanted to hold the open house as basically a party for friends and family to come see the thing that we had been consumed with for four months. Yeah and so we did and it was overwhelming. It there were there's a picture I posted, it was snowy and everybody was taking their shoes off and their shoes were lined up all the way down the front sidewalk. And I mean, it was like shoulder to shoulder. Like, I didn't know where to stand with my body because there were so many wow. people came to look at it, both friends and family, but then also-
2: Buyers, lots of buyers. Lots of buyers,
1: lots and lots and lots of buyers. That's
0: amazing. That's, I. so for me- Putting the house on the market is the most vulnerable part of this whole process because that's my heart. Like, I'm putting my heart out there for somebody to either reject or say, You did good, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. so scary. So, Michelle, being that you did 99%, you made 99% of the design choices. Was that a scary part for you? Or were you like, I've got this, like, this is fine. I know people are going to like this. We knew
1: it was good.
2: Yeah. I mean, we had that moment when so the stager kept us out rightfully yes, yes right and so we got that moment of walking in
0: and oh my god it's the best the final
2: moment yes. and it was such a high you uh-huh. know it was such an euphoric like oh my god this looks like it belongs in a magazine like they kicked, they did such a great job yeah our stagers were amazing and they really got it. Like from the very beginning, when I started talking to the stager and I was telling her our vibe and sending her pictures and like, she was like, Oh, I'm going to start setting aside. I know exactly what pieces I'm going to use here, you know? And she so she was right like now. ordering pieces and she was so great. Cause we kept having to push off her date by weeks at a time. Right. Cause these windows, so um, I have
1: a piece of data about the stagers. I never shared with you because I didn't want to stress you out. Oh gosh. So um the so I went to drop off a few pieces of art for them to incorporate into it, which is very much like, oh honey, these will be in the kids' room. <laughs> I'll we'll put these in the closet. I was like so proud of my little mid-century bird print. And she's like, that'll be great for the kids' room. <laughs> I'm like, oh. But anyway, it was fine. Um, so I'm talking to them while they're starting to set up and what had actually happened is so we had to push them one final time. They already had the trailer loaded and had to unload it and reload it oh, for us. Oh <laughs> no. Isn't that upsetting? <gasps> like a like a 30-foot trailer. Oh. What oh. filled? They had been filling it all week waiting for a date and we pushed them and they needed their trailers so they had to unload. Oh my
2: gosh, I can reload.
1: It. We're gonna take them out to the nicest dinner yeah, we once are. we're all done being ill with children. Oh God. Yeah.
2: So anyway, back to the open house. Yeah, back to the open house. Yeah. Um it was super overwhelming and I it was surreal because the feedback we were getting was like every superlative best flip we've ever seen mm-hmm. and like who's your designer uh-huh. which I attribute a lot of it to the flip I mean to the stagers because yeah. you know when people say oh who's your it's it's the. it was gorgeous you know the furniture was gorgeous but like it was it was not at all what I expected it was overwhelming I was like in a daze it took me a good 48 hours or 72 hours to prop because then I mean, we went from that to like all these offers, right? Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> right.
1: while while Michelle's talking to all these buyers about like, oh, where did she you source your kitchen cabinets? Where, uh-huh. where did she get this? Oh my god, we love this house love this moment. Michelle's like having them like a HGTV <laughs> moment over in on one side. Meanwhile, my phone is exploded uh-huh. with agents calling me, saying things like, what number do you need right. to get this just done. tell me the number tell me the number and i'm like i don't know the
2: number i just i just got here <laughs> i don't know anything well we had already gotten an offer before the open house so it had been on the market starting on a friday morning and the first showing at 10 a.m. they had an offer in by two they called by us
1: they're like we're so standing in the house
2: we want it we're writing an offer
1: they don't want to leave and i was like but please leave <laughs>
2: Someone else <laughs> don't squat. Place. So it was, it was overwhelming as new flippers as new agents. Yeah. Um, and, and just the feedback, like we kind of, it was a little bit of like, are people blowing smoke up our asses right now? Like, is yeah. this for real? Because some of the things they were saying, like seasoned realtors are saying, this is the best flip that I've ever seen in Fort Collins. Yeah, because people you know? don't typically put care
0: into it. That's changed a lot in the last six, seven years. It's changed for sure, at least here. But when I first started, nobody was, it was like, whatever's on sale, let's put it in there. Like it was very transactional. It wasn't about creating something.
1: Right.
0: It was about, well, it was about creating a profit for the investor, but it wasn't about like creating a space. So it's a completely different vibe. And people feel that immediately when they walk in, I'm sure they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Especially if nobody
1: else is doing it like that. Yeah, the worst piece of feedback we got was an agent told us that our so our main image on the MLS was a close-up picture of the front door with the diamond-shaped window, which we did on purpose um, because MLS photos don't look like that, and so we wanted to stand out. And she's yeah. like, "That photo doesn't do the listing justice," and I'm like, "Doesn't it though?" <laughs> that wasn't
2: it <laughs> and it's funny we, we had a little bit of a snafu like the we, our photos got delayed and so our our listing went active without photos it just had that one of the front door zoomed in you know and got it i like told it told us later that they thought that was totally a marketing ploy that, that it was just like the teaser image and you can only see it in person you know that kind of thing and it was really like no just scrambling behind the scenes waiting because there was a delay from our photographer you know we got an email from the t- photographer basically saying
1: our entire grid just went down and we don't know when your photos are coming oh, <laughs> and it was live and the <laughs> listing had just oh god
2: anyway, so, so, uh, just little things like that so you know many, just little things
1: like that <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um okay so you got who, who knows how many offers you got? 90 something offers probably.
1: <laughs> no, I could have done a better job as the agent. We didn't have, we didn't have an overwhelming number of offers, but we had a handful of offers that were so bonkers uh-huh. that we, we worried that they weren't rational.
2: Yes. Like that they would get under contract. Because they need to be on a contract so bad because they've been turned away so many times. And then there would be like buyer's remorse Mm -hmm. and they would be disappointed.
0: Oh yeah. Very valid. That's very valid because it definitely happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we ended up not taking the highest bonkers offer. Mm -hmm. We took the one in the middle Yeah. because it felt rational. And and there was a believable story Mm -hmm. of relocation Mm -hmm. behind it Uh where we were like, yeah, like they've you know, they're into the house and they'd seen it only on video with their agent, which is just like a whole other level of just like, (laughs) I hope this thing performs when they get to town. The day they rolled up,
2: we were like, it's like, turn the
1: heat on, turn the heat on, put new flowers out, like (laughs) go bake the cookies, whatever you're supposed to do. (laughs) Um, okay. So
0: you listed at five forty nine, five fifty.
1: What did you end up selling for? Six twenty five. We asked for appraisal gap coverage because the dumb thing appraised
2: at five thirty, which is that actually our our realtor friend used to be an appraiser, and that was exactly the number he had given us. So we had based our appraisal gap language yeah. suggestion to the buyers um, based on that number. And that's exactly where
1: it came back. Yep. Because they just didn't have anything to go by. Everything had sold from 380 to to 530-ish. But what's so wonderful now is everybody's pricing their brick ranches at 619 now. Isn't that crazy? So we we like changed the tide of the entire like West side of Fort Collins.
2: Sorry, homebuyers. <laughs> We're one lot of them. I mean, we kind of screwed ourselves. Here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but the whole time I was saying, like, if this is our neighborhood, now we have a comp. It's ours. Exactly. That's
0: amazing. Okay. So what, after all your expenses and carrying costs and all of that, what did you guys end up profiting?
1: 102,000. Not too bad for your first flip. Yeah, she made her whole annual wage in 19 weeks.
0: That's two interviews in a row where I've just heard that. Like, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, I mean. That's (laughs)
2: mind-blowing. I'm trying to, like, condense down, but I... I am among lots of people that I know who have worked in higher education for, and not just higher education, I would say all education, who have for decades felt undervalued, <laughs> underpaid, hard, you know, worked, overworked. And yeah, to, I mean, I, I've never, I, with a master's degree and 20 years in, in one career, never made more than $50,000 a year. She's
1: bilingual English, Spanish. And we crushed her annual wage in 19 weeks.
0: Oh my God. So, part of that, like, I'm like, that's so awesome. I'm so happy for you. And the other part of me is really angry about that.
2: Oh, I mean, I could go on and on about the state of education in our country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, but speaking of someone who worked in it for a long time. And that, like I said, I know teachers from elementary all the way up to PhD. And I hear many of the same things from all of them that it's yeah. just kind of a sinking ship. Oh my gosh. And a lot of people are fleeing and getting way better wages elsewhere, you know? Right. So it just, it's not a, it's not painting a very happy future for our children. Or what's it going to take for something to change, you know, we need to pay people a living wage, you know, but to be able to do that, especially after feeling like I unwillingly left the workforce you know, and, and I think a lot of people have been kind of shaken up by the pandemic. And like you said, we're just a big group of people in transition, right? We're all making some sort of transition. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, 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 it, it is mind changing to think that I am getting to do something I really, really love and living my best life. And I'm making right. great money. And, you know, like, I hope it continues. You know, I just really hope we can keep doing this.
0: Yeah. Well, you will. You totally will.
2: I feel like when
0: people are doing this business in this way, it has to last. Like it has to work and it has to last because it's not, we're not focusing on the profit. Yes, we have to make a profit. We're in business, but that's not the driving factor. The driving factor is let's do good. Let's create beautiful spaces, safe spaces for people and like be good people in our communities and we'll be rewarded.
1: That's what I think. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm emotionally unemployable after 12 years as an entrepreneur. Like there's no, I can't see a single future
2: where I would ever
1: work on somebody else's idea or passion on some kind of timeline where I have to be somewhere at a specific time every day, like just put me in the pasture at that point. I'm not signing up for that.
0: Nope. Nope. So y'all have this amazing business that each of you gets to shine in your zones of genius and you get to outsource the other stuff and create and co-create. That's pretty awesome.
2: It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So much gratitude. Like I just, it, it still feels very surreal to me. Like from that open house till today, there's still part of me. I'm like, is this, is this, can this really be happening? Are you sure? <laughs> and, and to all the naysayers, because there were so many, the friendship survived. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Every, everybody It was crazy. That was like, the most single most common piece of feed, like feedback we were getting from people as we were launching is like, "Oh, good luck with the partnership. Good luck with the friendship." You know, it's just kind of like, and I, you know, I get it. There's a lot of people out there that have had partnerships go horribly wrong. Um, so I think we were talking about this the other day. Like, our we we knew. <laughs> this was, we were not unknown entities to right. each other. You know, right. this a,
1: we're 24 years into this,
2: right? Like Whole the thing. most deep level of honesty, you know, it, there's, there's no filter between us. And so, you know, I just, I feel so lucky to have found someone that like, that we do jive so well and that we enjoy different things and yeah, it just still doesn't seem real.
0: I love this. I love everything about you guys. Y'all are a total blast. Um, I love your vibe. I love your energy. I love everything you contribute in the group. Like you just, you, I have this theory about people who give more than they take. And y'all are definitely people who give more than you take. Um, and that's why, like, I just feel like that's why you're super successful and having fun. You're having fun. Even when you're in the thick of the crap. Even if it's just a tiny bit percent of fun, it's still like, it could be worse. All right, you guys, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for hanging out with me. Likewise. Really. Thanks. And thanks for sharing
1: your story. Sorry, I made you cry six times.
0: I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. It makes, <laughs> it makes me happy. Um, okay. I'll see you guys in the group. I appreciate Thank you. you. All right. Have I'll
1: good see rest day. you. Bye.
0: You Bye. too. Bye. So fun, right? Oh my gosh. I love them. All right. So clearly their friendship survived. They are on their second flip. And just how inspiring is that? They handled the challenges that came up, sometimes through the pain, (laughs) sometimes through the pain, sometimes through the tears and the friendship. sometimes through the pain and the frustration and the tears, but they handled them. They handled the challenges. That's it. It's all we're doing, right? We manage the people, the project, and the problems over and over again. And some projects, those three are easier. In other projects, those three are harder. It just is what it is, all right? You'll make it through, I promise. All right. If you are still sitting on the sideline, though, and not chasing this dream you have, and not getting out there, because you don't know what to do, you don't know the steps, and you don't want to do this alone. Go to herfirstflip.com and schedule a call with our team. Let's see if we're a fit. All right. Okay. Until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people in places better than you find them, and keep chasing your curiosities. Bye, y'all.